Listener Production. US stocks add to their recent improvements thanks to better earnings results. And Aussie shares expected to lift on Wednesday ahead of key production results from Northern Star, Rio Tinto and Woodside Energy. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday the 19th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, quite impressive what we're seeing on Wall Street at the moment. Those uh, nerves that were evident from time to time in recent days ahead of the earnings season, they seem to have faded as investors get their teeth into some encouraging anecdotes from US companies. Well, indeed, Tom. We saw the Dow pop more than 300 points overnight its seventh straight positive day, and that's the longest winning streak since 2021. Indeed. So we're in the neighbourhood of 18-month highs for US indices. So let's just track the arc of the story last night in broad terms for US markets. So to begin with, we had some underwhelming economic news Uh, That saw US interest rates dip in the early part of the session. Uh, That, at the margins, was supportive for stocks. And then we saw earnings numbers from a bunch of US corporates that tended to be better than expected. So combined with a drop in interest rates, the better news, you saw US stocks uh, start at their worst levels of the session and end around their best levels. They did, Tom. And Morgan Stanley shares jumped 6.5% after topping expectations as growth in its wealth management business offset lower trading revenue. We also saw Bank of America shares gain more than 4% after its profit beat expectations as it earned more from customers' loan payments while investment banking and trading fed better than expected. And we also saw some positive results from Bank of New York Mellon, PNC Financial, and Charles Schwab. Its shares were up by 12.1%. Indeed. So pulling out, looking at the big picture, The last six months in particular have been marked by a a real nadir when it comes to banks with the US banking crisis to see that they have come through that period as well as they have. Investors are starting to think a little differently compared to where they have been in recent weeks when it comes to banks. Well, we have seen a jump in net interest income, particularly at places like Bank of America amid higher rates. So Certainly, the higher interest rate environment has been supportive of banks. We have had the malaise around the US regional banks, and that hasn't really gone away. But nevertheless, the the big banks are still performing very well at the moment. I suppose when you look at that cohort of US lenders like Bank of America, JP Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, uh, all of those organisations have bettered expectations, uh, some by a, a, a modest margin. But in the case of uh, Bank of America, considerably better than what the market had anticipated. And I think you mentioned that they're up by around 4%. So bank stocks amongst the most improved in the US technology stocks are also doing particularly well. Microsoft at the forefront of that overnight. Uh, They had an update where uh, they said, Ryan, that their AI-related business has the potential to be the fastest growing in its uh, history. That's saying something for Microsoft, isn't it? It is. And we saw the software giant announce pricing for its artificial intelligence co-pilot tool. And the Microsoft 365 co-pilot will cost $30 per user per month on top of what most business customers already pay. So that's quite aggressive pricing there from Microsoft. So in a situation where uh, organizations are going to sleep at night, worrying about their margins... When you can put up your prices and customers have to fork out more readies, that's a nice position to be in 
And that's exactly what investors keyed off last night when it came to uh, Microsoft shares. They were doing uh, particularly well, which is why technology stocks were leading the charge higher. And we also saw a more than 2% gain for oil prices, which meant that energy stocks were in that group of most improved US stocks. Yes, we did see oil prices, the US oil NYMEX prices up 2.2% to 75.75 US dollars a barrel. And the reason for that was expected economic support out of China. We've been talking about stimulus forever now, Tom. And amid the sluggish gross domestic product or economic growth data we saw earlier this week, China's top economic planner pledged yesterday it would roll out policies to restore and expand consumption without delay. And energy traders also expect the oil market will remain tight as Russian shipments drop and as China prepares to provide more support to those households. Indeed. So again, big picture, when you look at the oil price over the course of recent months, it's been trading in a range of roughly between 70 and 80 US dollars a barrel. It did dip below 70, sort of trading around that $68 mark, but it was pretty well supported there. It's sort of shot out of there reasonably well. So you always have these anecdotes about what's influencing oil prices, but for, for the moment, they are in a range and you know, comfortably so, you would have to say. Going back to the US share market, of course, we've just talked about the support for energy shares there. United Health also stood out last night, particularly on the Dow Jones index. That health insurance stock gained around 4%, and that was upgraded to outperform from market performed by broker Bernstein. The firm said United Health is best in class when it comes to managed care and a value-based care company with an attractive valuation and a large runway of growth. So that was an important support for the Dow last night. At the same time, we also saw Pinterest, which will interest a few people on this, yes. this uh, podcast today. Are you which, a Pinterest kid? Uh, I'm not really into it, but shares hit a high not seen since early 2022 and was up about 2%. Evercore ISI, which is a broker, said improving advertising trends are creating an inflection point for the stock. So this does show there's a bit of a broadening out in the US economy when it comes to certainly the performance of shares and companies. Well, that's an important comment, right, to say that the advertising picture is at least consolidating, right? In uh, the face of a moderation in economic activity, uh, when there are concerns about the consumer, to see a pickup in advertising spend, that's not too bad. Certainly encouraging, Tom. And if we look at what happened on US bond markets last night, it was a very sedate evening. We did see the 10-year down slightly by just one basis point to 3.79%. The interest rate-sensitive two-year, however, rose by three basis points to 4.76%. Still pretty modest moves. So nothing nothing that you would mention in, in letters home. But I suppose what was interesting is that, as I said, in the early part of the session, immediately following the... Uh, retail sales figures, which were softer than expected, the June reading uh, saw that measure up by 0.2 of a percent. The market was looking for roughly double that, uh, and then industrial production uh, it was expected to come in flat. It's down by a half of one percent. I mean, let's not unpack that too much. But the bottom line is that you saw that pulse lower for for U.S. Treasuries in the early part of the session. Indeed, U.S. retail spending is showing clear signs of a deceleration. It's slowing to a standstill in the second quarter. If you look at the annualised numbers, we expect more retrenchment ahead with core goods disinflation set to intensify as demand cools. But what we did see, just interestingly, on the retail sales front was a little bit of a mixed backdrop. So the value of retail purchases did rise by 0.2% in June. That was below market expectations for a 0.5% lift. But the control 
group sales, which are used to calculate gross domestic product and exclude food services, auto dealers, building material stores and gasoline stations, that accelerated to 0.6% in terms of its growth. So it's a bit of a mixed picture, but does show a broad slowdown in US spending. On the factory front, uh, we did see factory weakness bolster really expectations around a bit of a manufacturing slowdown, if not recession, in 2023. As I mentioned, we are seeing a disinflationary force from those goods. Uh, Certainly people are buying less goods at the moment, more on services, and we have seen producers increasingly wary of accumulating excess inventory in this environment of weakening consumer demand. So that really did impact industrial production, and we did see a bit of a decline there. It was down by 0.5% in June. So quickly, let's just reflect on what happened in European trade. Uh, Similarly, we saw uh, stocks benefit from the positive overflow from the US uh, at the end of the European session, the UK market was up two thirds of a percent. The French market up 0.4 of a percent. Uh, the German market was up by a little over a third of a percent. And the important outcome, I think, Ryan, in Europe was that we heard from uh, an ECB official, uh, Klaus Knott. I probably have mispronounced Mr. Knott's Christian name, Klaus Knott. Uh, he's also the head of the Dutch Central Bank, but uh, he spoke about interest rates. He said a July hike is a necessity, but anything beyond that is possible, but not certain. So coming from Mr. Knott, who was a bit of a hawk, that was seen as a positive. And the bottom line was that we saw a fall in European interest rates by a decent margin. So two and 10 year Bonds in Germany, for example, were down by about 10 basis points. That's a pretty decent fall and just gives you a sense of the extent to which Mr. Knott's comments are reverberated throughout European interest rate markets broadly. Absolutely. The focus will shift to highly anticipated central bank policy meetings next week, including those of the European Central Bank and Fed. The ECB is in sync with the US at the moment, and while they are quite significantly behind in terms of where their interest rates are, They're both lifting interest rates at the same pace now. So another 25 basis point rate hike is expected next week from the ECB. The other thing to note with Europe as well last night is Novartis shares climbed 4.6% after it raised its full-year earnings guidance and mapped out plans to spin off its generic medicines division, Sandoz, in early October. So that did provide support. Indeed. So just quickly, um, I can't remember if we uh, provided the moves for the US market, but the Dow Jones was up by just over a percent. The NASDAQ up three quarters of a percent and the S&P 500 was up 0.7 of a percent. We look forward to today's session uh, anticipating a gain of a half of 1% for the ASX 200 when we kick off. So not a bad outcome rebounding from that 0.2 of a percent decline that we saw yesterday. Upcoming events today, we've got quite a number of quarterlies that will feature on the local calendar, uh, Ryan, from the resource sector. Uh, Beach Energy, Northern Star, Woodside uh, Energy will be amongst the organisations updating with their quarterly production reports. And Rio Tinto. So we're expecting to see these production updates feature today, along with Telix Pharmaceuticals, which releases earnings. So the release of these production results come at a time where commodity prices overnight were broadly higher. We talked about oil already, but we saw gold futures up by 1.2% to 1980.80 US dollars an ounce. Iron ore was up 0.3% to 112.17 US dollars a tonne. So the timing of the release of these production results is fortuitous in that we have seen those commodity prices up. And if we look at the Aussie 
dollar, Tom, the Aussie dollar dipped from 68.3 US cents to 67.88 US cents and is currently near 68.10 US cents. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.